This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is sponsored by Mizuno. Tune in later for our take on the all-new Mizuno Wave Horizon 6, built for the long run. Be sure to check out all the latest updates from Mizuno at mizuno.com.au or you can find them in selected stores. Welcome to episode number 245 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. There's a big show coming at you this week. We've got uh, some running news out of the Sandown Relays. We've got the World Championships team finally announced and a bit of controversy to go with that. Jessica Hull breaks the Australian mile record. A quick chat about that because we missed it last week. Moose on the loose purchase of the week. Uh, listen to question, Kipchoge chooses which marathon he's going to run next, all those things that we talk about each and every week, so a massive welcome to this episode. Welcome to my co-host up in Canberra. How's the body going, Bradley, a week after a marathon? Um, yeah, legs are good now. I don't have any doms, um, but I got sick on uh, like Saturday afternoon, so uh jogged for 35 minutes today but combination of obviously legs still being a bit beat up from the marathon um also not running much last week sort of my body just like seizes up so a bit of hip and back tightness and then obviously the sickness as well so um it's, it's the one downside of the marathon is you know you're, you're jogging a couple of days before the race and you feel a million bucks super fit and then you go and beat yourself up and then you feel pretty rubbish for yeah. probably the next month other end of the spectrum, my other yeah. co-host in Anglesey this week, not on the Gold Coast. We're back on Skype. Julian Spence, how you going? Going good. Going good. Good to be home. Get yes. back to the sunshine down here. Back to the sunshine. There wasn't much up at the Gold Coast. That Sunday Arvo, we did the live show, it was okay, but every other day it was pretty wet. Yeah, yeah. it was It was wet. Oh, well, you guys were up there longer than me, but I think I only saw the sun once on that Sunday Arvo, like you said. Hmm. I think it was an error staying up as long as we did. It was just, I think our kids were just a bit too young to take advantage of the Gold Coast. We could have done pretty much everything that we did up there within Canberra or, mm. you know, 30 minutes from home. So hey, Peak time for Gold Coast is 18 years old, not yet 19 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Coming so... out of high school for two weeks. That is what the Gold Coast is made for. After that, get the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's marathon weekend and go in and out. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure the Gold Coast Marathon is as, is as great as we make it out to be. To be like a great festival, I'll pay that. But the course, you the mean weather, places the, to perform. Yeah, I just like we always talk up. Oh, it's a fast one in Australia, but not in my mind. Do you notice how many people got really sore legs late? And I know, yes, it's the marathon. You get sore legs at the end. But I reckon the camber on that road has something to answer for for those sore legs because a lot of the time it was one side only and it was like a hip locking up or it was a knee. And 
I've got my um, I got my suspicions that 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 course isn't the flattest, and going out on one side, back on the other side of the road means it's the same leg position is always on the one camber, like is always sitting lower. I don't. I reckon we can do better. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, the road's not on a camber though, is it? It's a flat road. It definitely was. I remember sitting at the halfway point, and I was looking down the road, and I was going. This my foot's sitting probably six inches lower on one side than the other. That's how steep the camber was at that point. We, we were watching the race, and I, I honestly think it was like that because we were running. We did the runs every day, and I spent a bit of time on the road there instead of the footpath because it was so busy, and it was cambered. Don't worry. Mm, okay. Camber. I also think it's hard for Victorians coming out of our winter when like you're running most mornings in two three degrees and then you get up there and it's although it's not hot it's still 12 yeah. 14 16 18 by the time you're finishing like that's mm. a new shock to the system that the um body hasn't had for a few months and well, the, humi- the humidity late i reckon affected a lot of people i think yeah. a lot of people were tracking okay through half which like as you should in a marathon um but i reckon from 30k onwards people really struggled just as a result of the humidity outside of outside of liam adams which male has run a qualifier at the gold coast marathon oh no liam adams didn't that year sorry just missed it didn't he yeah come across the the line with his hands in his with hands in his head kind of thing yeah that's right go back gross you're an old man you remember (laughs) well yeah i don't know um I guess it depends. Like, if we're talking about people, Aussies, what standard? Like, when mm. World Champs was two nineteen, or uh, yeah, when, that's well, a different because people story. have run faster than that. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just say two. Let's just say let's remember when it was two. Two sixteen. That's a good. That's a great. I mean, only good athletes got that. So two sixteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I know what well, Hugh Williams ran two sixteen. I think. Yeah, to yeah, there. Benny Saint was in front of him that day too, oh, wasn't yeah, he? Benny yeah, Benny. Yeah. Time. Um, who else was in that group? Caden um, Shields from New Zealand, wasn't he? Different yeah. standard for those guys, though. Funny on the ladies, though, we've sort of had Lisa, Jess, Millie Clark, mm, Jim yeah. Mal- Maloney. They've been able to perform better than the men have, mm. I'd say. Do you reckon also, though, like the women are running with massive packs the whole race? Where mm, yeah, probably the, more helpful. Top, Top end of goal, top end for the male, like it does does spread out pretty quick. Yeah, it's a bit so. of carnage after that lead pack, isn't there? Like some big Anyway, gaps. something to consider. Anyway, I forgot to tell you about the Gold Coast last week as well, fellas. When I was doing the half marathon, when I went through 5K, I, there was a massive like, you know, set up there and like some speakers and they were playing the opening music to our um, show, Benny Walker, Undercover oh. of Our Skin. Did you, did you hear that? <laughs> And I turned to the boys in the pack, and I'm like, "What? This is this is our music, like some we use every week." And then I got a lovely message from a listener, Jane, saying, "Hey, did you hear the song playing at 5K? We kind of had that teed up, ready for you to go past." That's awesome. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Although, turning to the boys in the pack saying, this is our song, <laughs> yeah. they would have all just gone, fuck up, mate. No one responded <laughs> at all. No one responded. But it was a good flex because we were rolling three-minute K pace. Like, we're just about to hit 5K in 15.04, and I was like, boys, this is easy. I'm talking. So, um, but I did, I, I did finish third. Yeah, and I'm like, and she did send a message saying we played your opening music song, but I'm like, oh, it's actually kind of Benny Walker's song that we just use at, at the uh, start of our show. So it's a legit we, song. Uh, did we commission him for that song? He owes us, I reckon. The amount of exposure yeah, we're giving no, him. I agree. Yeah. No one, yeah. We, we looked it up. Didn't, he, didn't he take your um, inside running beanie? Wasn't that payment, Brady? Yeah, he took some buffs off. Maybe I had two inside run podcast beanies because I've still got one because I was wearing it yesterday. Help, but you, you help yourself to our uh, kit. I don't, don't have. You... you have the kit at your place, Moose. How am I meant to help myself to it? Remember that one he still hasn't paid for, Brad? What? <laughs> what about the one I had to pay for? He tight asses made me pay for one of the racing singlets. <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with, listeners. They made me pay for that yellow singlet I wear all the time in races. Brady, this is why he's a successful businessman. Don't discount yourself. I look good in that singlet, though, hey. I've been been performing right in that singlet. Anyway, let's move on. Let's uh, tell us about your week, Croaks, because you were coming back off a marathon. You kind of have already. There won't be much to say, will there? No, so um, basically didn't run uh, until the Saturday. So we're just up on the Gold Coast till the um, Friday morning. Legs were pretty beat up for the first three days, like not – you know, not nothing compared to my first marathon where I was like absolutely hobbling at the finish, um, you know, after the race and for days afterwards. But just, you know, getting up and down off the couch, my quads were definitely like tender or if I flexed my quad, it was was sore. Um, but that sort of went away after three days. Um, and then, yeah, just walked around the Gold Coast a bit, didn't do any exercise. Um, well, we had a trip to the well, – we've had a trip to the Gold Coast University Hospital with Collis on his birthday – um, we're going down a slide together. So he was sort of on my lap and, um, his foot, uh, his shoe gripped onto the slide and obviously I was still going down. And so his foot then got caught underneath me, um, which, yeah, like when it first happened, like there was this noise, which Viv was at the bottom of the slide and she goes, did you hear that like crack? And I'm like, oh, I thought it was maybe just his shoe sort of bending and snapping back. Uh, but he was like he was in a fair bit of pain and so we were at broad beach and so we had to get back up to our place and then um we've just jumped back on the light rail and um yeah they x-rayed him and there was no break uh, i felt i felt terrible and like when i got home i actually googled it and then i found all of these articles about the same thing happening which like i would have never ever thought of anything like that happening um and then um, my good mate Ben Liddy, um, he messaged me saying, "Oh, is Collis okay?" And I said, "Yeah." And I told him what happened, and um, he said the same thing happened with him and his daughter. So, um, yeah, just beware um, that if I guess if you're sliding down with a young kid, make sure that they're like complete, like there's no way that their feet can touch the touch the slide. So, um, yes, yeah, so there's no break, but he's still in a bit of pain. Like when he walks around, like he can walk a little bit now, but he still occasionally says like hurt, hurt. Um, yeah, so that was pretty pretty scary because you just don't think that, you know, you think it's pretty safe. So, yeah, beware. Yeah, that sucks. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so then flew home. And then Saturday I'd organised a few weeks prior that I would pace a guy that I coach. So um, he started with me sort of earlier in the year and wanted to try and break 20 minutes. And, like, at the time I think he was running, like, 21-20. And he got down to, like, 20-25. But based on training, like, I thought he was capable of doing it. And it just seemed like he lost concentration when he was 
doing these park runs. So I said, look, I'll pace you the week after Gold Coast. So went down there. It was minus two, <laughs> felt like minus four at eight, eight o'clock. And, um, yeah, rolled around the warm up. I did like a 3K warm up, and that was my first run since the marathon. And, yeah, my like my low, like my hip and hamstring, like it was all just pretty tight. But once I had actually stopped and did a few strides, the actual um, 5K park run felt pretty good. So we did that in like 1946. Um, and then I got then started to feel sick um, that afternoon with like headaches, sore throat, uh, fever at night. Um, so yeah, that was my week. That's all you need though. Don't have to worry about that. You can ride the next couple of weeks off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's more about, I think for me, just getting the body right again. Cause I I do know that when I take some time off, things do just lock up. So just need to pay a bit more attention to rolling out and stretching and yeah, like obviously the more that I run, hopefully things will free up as well. Good. My week. Any uh, post marathon blues when you know you know the goal is hanging over your head? No, not really. the The blues come from just feeling shit for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas before that, like I was just, and as you boys know, I was just actually enjoying the process of training and running. Like you know, I, I wouldn't have cared if I didn't race, but just stringing together all that training, feeling good on every run, that you know may take a few weeks to come back. So that's sort of the frustrating thing. Yeah, fair enough. Moose, your work? I reckon oh. the I reckon the blues come from waking up without like a sense of direction yeah, or purpose. purpose. Yeah, yeah. I don't reckon it's about feeling sore. I reckon it's like having something that you've always that you've just been thinking about every day taken away. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yep. Yeah, you just feel a bit lost, don't you? It's like, what am I doing this for? Yeah, yeah. Well, how many k's do you run, Croaks? When like a week normally? This week, this week, Monday to Sunday. Oh, I like the week just gone. Yeah, I did eight. That's it. Yeah, I didn't ran on. I only ran Saturday. Oh, beauty. I just I did a three k warm up and a five k park run. Yeah, well, I've smoked you then for the week. <laughs> How good's that? So you should. It came off a marathon. <laughs> eight to fifty. You did. This is going to be close to our lowest all week, all all time, I reckon, because mine was really small as well. Oh gee, gonna have to go back. Someone do the math. I did uh, 50k, so that was a brilliant result. Um, also had a race in there and one workout, so it was starting to resemble a week of a runner again. Uh, just missing a long run. On the Monday, I waited till we got home from travelling because I like honestly didn't want to run on the Gold Coast again. So I thought I'll be back in Anglesey later in the day and. I'm going to enjoy my run more there. So I did. I waited, got out for a jog, ran to the barn. So a little bit of a progressive, fast finish run, which I often like doing coming off a race or as a return to a workout type, um, like a return to workouts session. A run to the barn is a good one just to, because you can kind of let the body decide what it wants to do. You're not tied into how far you go or how fast you go or anything like that. So I, I just went out for well, 8K or so and um, after about 5K just started to, to to run a bit faster. I timed it with the downhill so I made that nice and easy. Like it just, the, the, the trouble with this, with like the what I worked out was my range was no good. So... 
Oh, sorry. Had to, had to sneeze. Cut it out myself, though, Brady. Yeah, that's nice. Um, Efficient, hey? Turn the mic off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that was Monday. Got through 8K. Uh, knee felt good, actually, coming home a bit stronger. Um, on Tuesday, just went out for 30 minutes in the morning before work and actually did a uh, 20 minutes on the spin bike after I got back just to, um, I guess, do a little bit extra. So that's, oh no, that was the next day, sorry. Um, did a bit, Just did a spin bike, I had a day off actually on the, um, on the Wednesday, day off running. So I'd done a few consecutive days. So I think I went like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I thought I'll have a day off uh, just play it a bit smart or play it safe, not maybe smart. Um, and then did a workout on the Thursday because I had to try to work out if I was going to put my hand up for the Div 1 team. I was borderline. And it was a bit close, that, and it showed on the race day that our Div 1 team and, and, and like, there's three guys going for two spots, basically. And... Um, I needed to do a workout to see if I was feeling okay and perhaps I could take that spot. So I got out and I did 10 by 90 seconds with 30 second jog. And I, it was quite clear that I shouldn't be taking that spot from this workout. So I went to the Caribbean park and I ran, like there's a 1K loop. It's, it's not hilly in any way. There is a little lump or bump there, but it's not, it's a fast place to run. And yeah, just I struggled with the range of my stride because I haven't been doing drills or strides or uh, like workouts. Getting up to pace was difficult and I felt like I, I couldn't mechanically go very fast. So I was doing these 90 second reps and ended up actually feeling better towards the end of the rep when I had to stop and rest. At the start, I was thinking I might do these as a tempo, like as a threshold type effort, but I had a lot of trouble gauging how hard I was running because I'm so, un, like I've got no idea what my current fitness and paces should be or effort should be. So started out as wanting to be threshold, but in the end, it, it turned into a decent effort on the 90 seconds. Um, that's the reason that the, the, the rest was so short because I, I actually planned it to be more like a threshold, but it turned into probably more like a VO2 max type workout uh, where I should have had more rest. But anyway, got around the course in, in um, it was 20 minutes, 10 by 90 on 30 off. So 341 average, just didn't, didn't feel great doing it. And took myself out of the running for the Div 1 spot right there. Then jogged the next day and thought, geez, I'm going like, it's a slow pace, right? Very slow pace. I sort of taught myself how to jog slowly throughout the last probably two months, eight eight weeks, maybe ten weeks of running. I can run five minute Ks no problem. But my heart rate was getting heaps better on this and I was going up a few little hills and I wasn't seeing the spike that I was getting. So I I, I just thought, oh maybe there's something happening here. Maybe I'm starting to see a bit of fitness. Jumped on the elliptical for ten minutes on top of that just to get a little bit extra. And then went up um, so to Sandown Relays, this is the second time that I've done it in this direction, in the, the clockwise direction, and I've done it the anti-clockwise a few times, I reckon, as well. 
Um, it's it's definitely better going clockwise. You've done it, Brady, clockwise and anti-clockwise. Which do you prefer? I think it's faster the way that we did it, yeah. I don't yeah. know which one I prefer, but I think it always depends how windy it is there because they're big straights, but we had a beautiful still day. Um, yeah. So they had a 10K there that used to go anti-clockwise as well. Yep. Um, do you know, Do we know why they've changed the direction? Not sure, but it loses a bit of that history, doesn't it, where you can't compare times anymore? Like, it's not yeah, a huge it, difference in the hill, but it is different that you can't compare now. Can't be like for like if you go in the opposite direction. I actually think this was the first time that I'd done it two laps this direction because one year I did Sandown Relays and they changed it to one lap um, that day because the weather was, like, windy and rainy. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, I saw a post during the week. Maybe it was on the distance running nostalgia page, and it was comparing, like, the old the old fella time with Ron Clark and there was Moner and Deke and Julian Painter and and it would be great to still do the course the same way but yeah I don't know why they changed it someone's probably got a good answer for it um, but yeah Div Five started like way back and we were on wave starts so Div One Div Two and all that went off from the front line and then two minutes later we went off so I um. I, like my job was to to try to win Div Five, basically. So the little mini race that I had was with the Div Five athletes. In the past, Knox has been strong in Div Five. Oh well, relatively strong. And Mentone is our other competitor. So I um I had those two singlets in mind. The guys went out really quick, really fast. Like I reckon they went out at two thirty pace for the first four hundred. And I thought, oh, shit, I'm in trouble here. Uh, but I caught up to the Knox guy within a kilometre and then went around him at two kilometres. And I I was after that, it was just myself, but I uh, could... Because everyone started up in front of us, like different lines, that I could, I could chase down, like the Div 3 guys, the Div 4 guys, and there was always a rabbit in front of me around the two laps. And then we started to collect some of the people that had started um, on the first wave start. So it was it was actually the perfect way to run quickly. And surprisingly, my body actually felt really good. Like, although I didn't have the range, I, I got to a pace that I thought uh, that I was happy with um, that actually, like, that my mechanically was on my limit but it was also aerobically on my limit too so it matched up quite well i definitely couldn't have kicked down any faster because I, I, I mechanically couldn't have done it but um my splits were, were pretty consistent so i've gone 313 39 312 313 39 38 and then the last bit where i tried to kick down was 38 now i just couldn't do it uh so yeah i was really happy with that run i i thought going in Someone asked me when I was getting changed, oh, what pace are you going to run? And I'm like, no, absolutely no idea what I could do today. I threw a number out and said 3.15s would be a great day for me. Um, and so I've averaged 3.11. I was really happy. 19.52, handed off in front. Um, we ended up, our Div 5 team ended up falling to second as with about 100 metres left on leg three. And then our leg four runner 
Jared, he he passed passed him and um, we won Div Five, so that was a good result for our team. So yeah, that was that was um, Saturday. Did a lap warm up, lap cool down. So in the end, it's kind of got, it's like a long run for me as well. It was up over twelve k, so I just jogged six k um, on Sunday evening, um, real slow. But again, heart rate feels good and. Now I just have to sort of contain myself a little bit because I'm starting to feel like, I mean, it's a it's a great case study, isn't it, on this podcast to to hear what 40 to 50k a week can how fit it can get you mm. with, without proper workouts, without a long run, and I, I I'm really excited by like the potential there is to to build off that um, as long as my body stays healthy. It's. I feel like I'm in a really good position to just increase mileage slowly, and I'm, I won't. Like I'm not going to ever be competitive up front off this type of running, but I can at least satisfy my competitive urges, and uh, and I can see some progress within myself as well if I'm still running around this sort of um, mileage and and keep this training load similar. Just add to it gradually each week. Did you say what time you ran? 1952. 1952. He looked good out there too, Croaks. I was warming up as he was on the first leg. Looks smooth, Moose. He sounds up and about. Gave him some encouragement. This is the most up, this is the most up and about good. I've had. I haven't seen him looking that good at a long, in a long time. Boys, my time, fourth in Div 1 for Geelong. I know. They got that selection uh, one, didn't they? However, it was You nominated, my, didn't you? You said keep me I, out. I nominated, so they didn't get that wrong at all. But one to two seconds between the... The three that were competing for that spot, how close is that? Over 6.2K. That's a good sign of a strong club, though, when you got that happening. Yeah, and first leg. First leg, always faster. So the yeah, boys really but I don't understand. think for you, though, I think for the Divi 1 and 2 guys who have a clear road and a race, but you, had to, you didn't have much of a race and you had to go through people. Yeah, that's true. I didn't, like... Yeah. If you went off the same the race, gun as them, I'd yeah. say yes, because you can get on them then, but yeah... Yeah, I'll pay that. I'll pay think, that for myself. Yeah, I'll pay that for you. But I don't think in the Divi 1 and Divi 2, I don't think you can compare first league with any other league because it's different. Looking at these um, times on this post you're talking about, Moose, it's really good. There's some good research in here. Kind yeah, of that, Yeah, like Mottram 2014, 17.45, Liam Adams, 17.41, um, Troopy gone under 18. When did, this when is, did Liam run that? Liam ran that in 2011. He was the fastest time. Jack Rayner was the fastest in 2013, 18.30. That must have been a windy day. Yeah. Um, Nick Earl, fast in 2017, 18.20. Oh, what that's... happened some of these years? There's some great times and there's some shockers. Troopy in 2003, 17.35. Mona, 2001, 17.42. It's got the women there as well. Susie Power ran 19.03 in 2001. Oh. Damn. How good's that? Yeah. Lisa Waitman, 2044 in 2006. Collis was 1807 in 2006. 1903, Susie Powers run. Yeah. Incredible. 2001. She'd be That's a great it. interview. Um, oh. McGregor, that'd be Hayley McGregor, wouldn't it? 1959. Mm-hmm. Nikki Chapel, 1958. Yeah, not many women under 20, and then she's down at 1903. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon the difference is in go in the opposite direction because i don't think it's major do you think no, 10 well, seconds yeah I, I don't know on a still day I, I, it's very difficult but i know that the like the the steepness of the back hill going down it 
you can it's so runnable that you can go really quick there's no like some downhills you have to actually slow down because they're um, uncomfortably fast whereas this one here it's almost like just a really solid tailwind um, and then it seems to be a lot shallower down along the front straight so yeah i'm you, you can also, get an advantage yeah, doing this you also get that downhill close to the finish on your second lap yeah. whereas when you go downhill this time around going this new direction you still got a long way until the finish yeah so yeah you I, could yeah attack that hill and then kick home yeah i think it's a faster course i don't know how much faster but yeah some of the old timers would be able to tell you would it be um yeah massively uh good week well done you're going all right thanks yeah mm-hmm. bandura scares me though just spikes. the um Oh, not the spikes, just the the sharpness, the like the hill, like the hill steepness and the the corners, and it'd just be a real gritty race. And I don't think my knees are made for that. Like, obviously, road running's going to suit this type of comeback for me. You wouldn't just skip it? Nah, no way. Okay. I I, I want to get a spot on. Like, I want to earn a spot on Div One. You want a point gonna, score? I'll be racing Geelong people out there. I'll be looking at Geelong singlets and trying to take them. <laughs> but oh, that's that... good. Like, if you're taking, like, that's what, like, you know, Bendigo, you blokes, oh, you had some selection crisis. Like, you lost the race because of your selections. Um, but you can know who's going to be out there. Like, you got guys in Div 4 who are looking ahead going, Bandura is my chance to earn the spot. Like, no one's picking teams at Bandura. It's like you're a top six, you're getting a spot in Div 1. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard though for the selectors because the distances often vary. Because like say someone does come out at Bandura, which is 10K cross country in a couple of weeks, and goes finishes fourth in your team, and then the next relay is in September, and it's over a lap of the yeah, 10, 3.8K. It's like that must be hard for them. And even picking this distance, like that must have been... We were kind of like you. I think we had like four guys really close together in finishing times yeah yeah and it is i mean who one bad day and at 6.2k you're like what are you comparing that to 10k are you comparing it to 5k or yeah that's just i I think it's the season yeah i i I feel like this is run more like a 10k than a 5k yeah i agree with you and it probably shows in people's time like what people average is probably closer to their 10k pbs and 5k pbs yeah and this the stronger maybe distance focused athletes perform better than the shorter athletes or that's what i saw in the athletes i was looking at anyway do you get jealous croaks of all this uh, victorian talk of this culture down here oh not really i think i'd struggle i think <laughs> i'd really. struggle to nah like i i follow it i follow it but i don't know i'd struggle to get myself up racing that this regularly oh, tell uh, me about it yeah <laughs> i'll tell you about my week because this was my fifth race in five weekends uh, I was still up on the Gold Coast Monday morning. I did 40 minutes, 20 minutes out, 20 minutes back on that bike path, surface paradise. Um, average 4.32, so the pace was all good. And I uh, ran past Rob D. Costello, fellas, the Australian marathon record holder. He was he, running. He was running, yeah. He was jogging along, had his Indigenous Marathon Project uh, merch on, kit on, and he flicked me a bit of a wave. Never met him in my life, never written back to any of the emails I've tried to send him to go on the show, and he's just looked at me and gone, you know what, I'm going to flick this young battler over on the other side of the footpath a bit of a wave, try to inspire him to, to keep out there jogging. So um, I was pretty up and about on that one. Funny you say that, because I was out the front of the cafe, and 
I was having a chat to Archie Reed's brother. What's his name? Archie's brother, um, older one, young Oscar. Fella. Younger fella. Oh, Oscar. it's his older brother, isn't it? Yeah, it's older brother, yeah. Oscar. Oscar, Reed, yeah. yeah. And Deke walked past us, looked at the menu and headed in, and I said, that's Rob DeCostello. And, um, and Oscar just like, what? <laughs> He'd heard the name before, had no idea what he looked like or anything. Um, and I thought, that's Deke, because he won Boston Marathon. He, was a, he won the World Champs hmm. Marathon. Like, this is our man here, Deke. Like, we should know Deke. Cooked a barbecue at Deke's house one day. Did I tell you that story? Told Brady on the Gold Coast. Yeah, we had a couple of beers and started sharing, sharing stories. <laughs> I hadn't heard it on air before, but save it. Like, oh, yeah, come, come over for lunch. Here you go. You can cook. <laughs> what, just you and him? Nah. So one of the uh, a girl that I was dating at the time, she oh, was part of the Indigenous Marathon stories. Project. And, uh, yeah, so got the invite through her. Because we just run the um, Stromlo cross-country I was like it was a De Costello cross country uh, race, and so he was out there. Um, yep, yeah. and then we went back to his place for lunch. Good and story. On, and I was on the barbecue. What do you uh, cook? Uh, must have been I don't know steaks, sausages, oh, nothing yeah. special. Probably a bit of ribeye rib steak, I reckon. Deke, he'd have he'd <laughs> have some good meat there. <laughs> on the Tuesday, I went out the front of the hotel. It was hammering down rain, and then I thought, well, I'll take my um. I had my headphones and my little like iPod thing that I run with I said I'll take that back up to the hotel room and then I noticed there was a gym so I went into the um the gym instead jumped on the treadmill first 10 minutes was shocking hated it and then I quite got in a bit of a rhythm and quite enjoyed it end up doing 50 minutes on the treadmill the coros though croaks the pace you start at you put that in your watch you can't change it as you're going so even though I was oh. like incorrect can you yeah, yeah. Well, you can. Yeah, you, you can just stop put, it. Like you just pause it and then change it quickly. Yeah. So oh, like okay. it might take you five seconds to do it. Um, but the downside is that the chorus it only goes up by like 0.5. So if you were to, you know, if you'd have it on 11 and a half k an hour, and, and then you wanted to put it up to 11.7, there is no 11.7 in the watch. It's 12. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I set it at like I don't know 12k an hour or something like that. 12.5k an hour, I think it was, and then got on there and, and got quicker on the treadmill. But I um yeah didn't change in the watch setting. So the watch yeah, it says 50 minutes at um 4:48, but I think it probably average a bit quicker than that. On the Wednesday, I did an hour out to the spit and back. I'm still on the Gold Coast at this stage. Hammer and rain the whole time, like absolutely drenched from uh, two minutes in. And then, yeah, just kind of had to ring my singlet out as we are kind of going. On the Thursday, the day we were coming home, I did an easy jog and I did nine by 20-second strides. It was meant to be eight, but I miscounted. And I um, realized at the end I'd actually accidentally done nine. They felt all right, like my calves were a bit sore, but everything still felt um pretty good so this was like a real down week for me going um to just recover from the half marathon i find half marathons bang me up a bit and as i said with this like higher racing schedule at the moment i just have to get the races done and don't worry about too much training in between thursday we traveled home that was a big day kind of like six hours on the on the plane car buses all those kind of things um to get home and then friday was good to be home and i just did an easy hour at 424s and then jumped in the car again Saturday to drive down to the Sandown Relays. About three hours door-to-door for me for this one. I ran leg four, which I don't know if I've ran that far down the order um, this season. I've had a couple, yeah, the last Relays I was first and Jales Park I was second. So um, down in leg four for this one. I felt all right early and then through the second lap I just felt like tired, just mentally and physically and um 
I didn't blow up too much. I think I ran the second lap seven seconds slower than the first one. I ran, um, yeah, 9.07 and then 9.21. Um, but my time, did you feel your, your time moves? You reckon they add a few seconds on these old AV changeover races? I reckon when the timing chip gets handed. Oh, Maybe oh, not no. the first league. But like, I, yeah, I get given the timing chip and then I start my watch and then, but I think probably the minute I've got handed it, Anyway, so I was... it goes no, no. It goes as you go over the timing map. So yeah, okay. Can, so that activates, mess... but I haven't turned on my watch yet. Yeah, if you mess around in the in the changeover zone, that will go on to the other athlete's official time. My one, yeah. yeah. No, no, the other athlete because the, your timing chip hasn't started. So if you're going around and passing on to the next guy, and you you fuck around in the zone, you drop it or whatever. That's on your time. Mm, okay. Anyway, so I was a couple of seconds different than what they had me. I was 18.39 for the 6.2, um, which I think I've been 18.36 the opposite way. So, yeah, I thought maybe I could go a bit quicker than that, but I was just tired and, um, yeah, lost a bit of time in that second lap. Got us out to, I think we we're about two minutes ahead at one stage before we got hunted down. We'll talk a bit more about that when we talk about the sand down relays later on. Um, then just like a super easy cool down. And then yesterday I just did 45 minutes. Um, I was just, just been, been so tired. Like just, yeah, just my legs are all good, but I just feel like I've been hit by a truck. Um, I just put in my notes here and 85k week felt like a, an 185k week. But that probably happens when um, yeah you get to the end of because these five weeks like I've done a ten a twelve cross country a nine k relay a half marathon and then a sand down relays um, all in the space of five weeks so yeah I just think I think I'm gonna have like a mid season break and just kind of turn things down for two or three weeks because I've I've done seasons before where I've just kind of hit hit high mileage all year round um, so yeah not be afraid to get a bit unfit to then let the body bounce back. And then go again for kind of like the second half of the season. I don't think Thoughts you're going to lose. I don't think you're going to lose much fitness from a couple of lower mileage weeks. Not when you're run, not when you're racing Race, so much. Yeah, yeah. The, the racing you like will have so much benefit for you. I kind of because um, initially I only had this week, like with the week we're talking about, planned as a bit of a down week, and then I was going to get back into things today and like this week. But I'm still like I just still feel tired. I think I'm just going to listen to the body and. Maybe that just because it's a new week doesn't mean you you're going to feel much better. So it might be a ten day break or a you know a, a two week break. I'll see how the body goes and and um, yeah adjust from there. Yeah, because you it's funny you look at a spreadsheet and you see the Monday and you're like, oh, that's a nice clean yep. day to start running more. That's what I was like when I got up this morning. I'm like, all right, sixty in the morning, thirty in the afternoon. Let's get this mileage back up. And then my body's like, nah, not yet, mate. Just just go easy. So. Yeah. So that was that, 85K for the week. So what were we? 85, 5 plus 50. It's a low one. Anyway, that's what happens when, you, when you're running. Let's thank some Patreon supporters, fellas. Yeah. All right, I'll kick it off. Go uh, it. I've got Sally Miller this week. Sally lives in Hobart. Um, she has some PBs here of 2346, which was 5K at Launceston Park Run, 5022, the Launceston 10K in 2016, 202 at Cabri Half Marathon in 2017 um, and maybe does a bit of half and full Ironman triathlons uh, and is also possibly a member of the Sandy Bay Harriers. So thanks for your support, Sally. On your Sally. Moose, who you got? I got Andrew Lego from Frankston in Victoria. 
So, Andrew, I reckon he's been around the pro scene for a while, Brady. Recognise the name? Well, I was looking at some photos of him today and saw a few uh, a few pro photos, but I know him from AV stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, weirdly enough, I, I think I know him from the pro. I, I don't know why, but yeah. I do. Okay. Um, uh, marathon, he's run 240 for the marathon. Half marathon, 112. Uh, oh, 112. He could work on that marathon. We thinking that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 10K, 33.03. 5K, 15.42. What's his best race out of those? Put that to you. Ooh. Five? Mm, half, don't maybe. Know. Pretty good. Don't know. Yeah, I reckon, he's, I reckon he's half 10 and five are sort of all pretty even, but then he's like, he should be able to run faster over the marathon. Yeah. Uh, he's a member of Mentone, the Mentone Mavericks. Divi two or slash five team, depending on who's in the squad that day. So what did he run on the weekend? Divi five or Divi two? Oh, you're testing me here, Moose. You're Come on, mate. Me. You're on his Strava today. Yeah, I was, but I um I put a whole lot of information in there for you, and now you're still yeah. going to ask me other stuff. Leave it with That's me. I'll tell you in a second. Did, a did you race against him? He has a beard. No, he wasn't in my leg, and I can't remember seeing him in Div four. I mean, Div 5, sorry. Uh, four play, four second-place finishes in his Strava photo. Yeah. Good beard on him. I actually have seen him. I've seen him a lot. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I see him all the time on, uh, on social media. Oh, you know what? He's doubled on the weekend. He's ran the relays on Saturday, and he's ran 20 flat. Um, and then he's gone and ran a 10K on the Sunday. He's come second again in this race. At the Shreed Chimnoy, 10K, 33.54. Oh, the Princess Park one. What a weekend. Yeah, he's got a run Melbourne coming up. So that's got to be a Div 1 time for him, I reckon. 20 flat. Div 2, sorry. Div 2, yeah. 16.10 through 5K, according to Michael Kernahan. Bit's happening. Yep. All right. Thanks, Andrew, for your support. I'm going to do mine next week because I'm waiting for uh, this person to request my follow on Strava. Better be someone over in Denmark. Give you a bit of a teaser there, boys. Runner oh. news. Croaks, kick things off. All right. The World Championships team has finally been announced, and we now we're banging on for weeks going, the World Champs are in like three weeks' time, but we still haven't found out. So I believe that was because there was an appeal in place, and so they couldn't announce the team until that appeal had been sorted out, which we will talk about a little bit later. Uh, but the official team... In the women's uh, 800, we have Kat Bissett, Tess Kersop-Cole and Claudia Hollingsworth. 1500, George Griffith, Lyndon Hall, Jessica Hull. 5,000 metres, Nat Rule, Rose Davies, Jessica Hull. In the marathon, Sarah Klein. And in the steeplechase, Brielle Urbacher, uh, Amy Cashin and Cara Feen-Ryan. Um, any comments there, boys, or go on, to the, go on to the men's? I was trying to think about this today, Croaks. How many people are there without qualifiers? Like, it was good to see Claudia Hollandsworth and Tess Kersop-Cole. Mm. I think they were in on ranking points, and it's going to be a great experience for both of them um, being so young to run the World Championships. Yeah, I agree. And Sarah Klein as well. She was – did she have – no, she had the time? Didn't have no, the time. she didn't have the time. Didn't have the time, no. ranking points as well. 
Yeah. And Cara Fee and Ryan as well. Like, um, not sure if she had the time or not, but another young athlete on the rise. Some good. I think, um, I think it's a good, it's exciting team. The um, Tess and Claudia are in the eight hundred. This is like great. I, I mean, Tess is Geelong girl, so been following her closely. And um, Claudia, we follow her through the milers, don't we? Like over the last couple of years, and yeah, she's she still just seems like a pretty like a kid almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it it be sort of it's, it must be exciting for her to be over at. What are they in Seattle now at the um, training facility or at the training camp? Mottram coaches both of them too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think there's something going on around that um, maybe a new training group in Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. They're with, they're with On, aren't they? I think they're both On runners now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure something will come of that, whether that something happens. What, like, like they do in Boulder? I've just where... heard rumours about a, a new group in, in Melbourne starting uh like that's that's backed by on however i don't have any details on it and i can't confirm it just rumors (laughs) spread rumors but we're not confirming anything anything you want to add there croaks uh just like the omission there um which we spoke about last week at the live show as to what they would do in the women's 1500 so abby caldwell who won nationals which i guess is our trial um, and then got the standard um, after the trial. Um, she was left off the 1,500-metre team. Um, so, But we'll chat about that maybe after we go through the men's yeah. team. Go through the yep. men's 800. All right, so we've got Peter Boll and Joseph Deng, uh, 1,500, Ollie Hoare, Stuart McSwain and Matt Ramsden, 5,000. We have Kai Robinson, Matt Ramsden and Jack Rayner. Uh, just Jack in the 10,000 metres and Ed Trippis and Ben Buckingham in the steeplechase. Um, so, yeah, good to see, I guess, Kai got Kai and um, Ramsden in the 5K, not having the time. Ranking points. So World Champs, World Champs is, is the ranking entry, whereas Com Games was discretion, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So and it also just goes to show, like, how important, you know, obviously running fast but finding the right races to accrue accrue enough points throughout the season to put yourself in a position to get selected yeah, yeah. good to see rams in there off the back of not being at the olympics last year mm, yeah all right so abby caldwell that's been all over social media um like the last what week um so i don't know how we want to like approach it but I know I wrote down a few of the issues today. So I guess previous years, if you've won nationals and you've either had the standard prior to nationals or you've got the got the standard after nationals but before the end of the qualification period, you're basically an automatic selection, um, which is what Abby had done this year, but there was a ch- change in the selection policy. It's so, been like that for years though, hasn't it? Yeah, it like, has. I cannot remember it not being like that. Yeah, it's been it's been ages, and so but one we, of the even, issues, we would have said on the show when she got the time, like she's going, she's a lock, congratulations, kind of thing. Yeah, I reckon. Um, but looking into it deeper, like one of the inconsistencies with the selection policy is that one page, which has the summary, says that you're basically automatic if you win the trial and have the standard within the qualification period, but then further down the document it says you have to have the standard prior to nationals. 
So they sort of contradict each other. Um, the other issue here was that after Abby had won nationals, she then got an email, or her and her coach got an email from an AA employee basically saying that, um, you know, do you have plans to go overseas? Because, you know, if you get the time, that'll make you automatic. So I guess as far as Abby and her coach understood, it's like, well, we get the standard, we're, we're locked in. So that's what they went and did. Abby then got the standard, then decided to actually come home as opposed to continue racing, you know, because she thought she was automatic. Um, whereas if she was told after nationals that, no, you're not automatic, even if you get the time, you basically need to run as fast as you possibly can. That may have actually changed the way that she approached her training and racing schedule. And that uh, email was CC'd in with another Athletics Australia employee? Yeah. That's the way you read that? Yeah. 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 Um, so and are then, you thinking at that stage, those employees? That's not just that's not an employee. That's a head of high performance. Yes, yeah, or head of high performance. So are you thinking at that stage, those employees haven't got their head around the document, and that's just a um, like an honest. They're like us. They're like, hey, every other year, this is what's happened. So good luck going to get the time to submit your spot. Yeah, well, it's a good question whether they just whether it was an honest mistake, um, which you'd like to, yeah, like they should they should know what the the policy is, um, but yeah, I don't know. Whether, yeah, um, but if you're if you're that athlete, you're thinking, all right, well, all I have to do to book my ticket is run the time. You're basically going to, you know, um, go over to the US, run the time, and then come home and prepare, um, which is what what she did. Um, and then uh, it was found out that the selection policy changed again in May to limit people's right to appeal. Um, I don't know too much about that, but it seems like you know, there's less less avenues there to appeal the decision. Um, but for me, like there's a couple more issues. One is why why is the policy changed? Because like as far as I'm concerned, somebody that has the standard last year then wins nationals. Why why is it better to select that person than somebody that wins nationals and runs the standard closer to the major championship? Like it makes no sense whatsoever. Like because the person that runs a standard closer to the championships, it shows that they're in form. Um, also, it basically, what place does the national championships have now? Like, shouldn't we be trying to promote this championship and get getting our best athletes there? Which this is not going to happen now if all you have to do is be the top, you know, top three fastest. Yeah, and um, Len Johnson made a good point in his article that if she was to run the standard at nationals, well, it had to be prior to, and that wouldn't have counted either. Yeah, yeah. If so, it it makes no sense. You're right. To the the reason they've given here is um, uh, I'm going to read it out from their terrible social media statement. Um, But it was policy for the 2022 World Athletics Championship differed this year to give athletes the flexibility in deciding to aim for up to three international teams understanding that it is not always beneficial to compete at multiple champs within one year. Now, that's not that doesn't explain why it would be more beneficial to have the person run the standard before the championships mm. in my mind. Like it doesn't uh, it, it just yeah. <laughs> doesn't make the only sense to me. the only time I've seen this backfire for an athlete is they win so for an athlete that doesn't have the standard before the trials or nationals is 
They win nationals and then they absolutely fry themselves between nationals and the end of the qualification period to try and hit the time. Yeah. And they and they might hit the time right at the end of the period. And yes, they're on the team, but they're completely cooked because they've raced so much. Um, yeah, that's that's the only downside to that. You know, selecting somebody like that. Um, so Abby yeah. goes to the states, gets the yep. time, comes home. Yep, because she thinks that she's automatic. Um, yep. But then I think what happened is when it got closer to the end of the qualification period, her and a coach were tipped off by somebody at AA saying that, hey, you know that you, although you've got the standard and you won trials, you're probably not going to be automatic anymore, which means that it's very hard for an Aussie just to jump on a plane and go and find a race, especially then she may have completely changed her training to go back into like a bit more of a base phase. So she's not probably sharp enough to race again. Um, you know, so it's basically impacted her whole like race schedule. But then um, her coach's statement as well, he said after hearing that, he then called two AA high-performance employees that work in the same event space, and they both told me categorically yeah, that Abby was selected automatically. Yeah, so yeah. get yeah. tipped off by one, but then you get told by others that, no, no, it's all good. Yeah. And, so then, yeah. and then I guess which brings us to one of the other major issues, which this is more the optics of it, and... So the, the conflict of interest. So one of the AA employees who sent the email to Abby and her coach after nationals, you know, implying that if she got the time, it should be automatic, is also a coach and a manager of, you know, one of the girls that got selected. And so even if that person has no um, say in the selection, had nothing to do with the changes in the policies, nothing to do with the policy um you know, change in terms of the appeal process, it just doesn't look good. Yeah, I don't think there's been, I don't think there's been a real, like a significant change in the, the policy. What I think there is, is just a total lack of communication around the new policy when it, when it got released. That's yeah. where I see a major issue where like a very, very significant wording of a clause, a selection criteria hasn't been communicated to coaches or even internally to AA staff. That's that's how I read that. Well, I heard um, Ollie, Hall, Ollie Hall mentioned that on their podcast that he had no idea that that was the new, um, yeah. not, not that it affected him because he already had the standard and then he won, but he, he didn't know it had changed either. That's insane. And so to me, this is big AA, like it's just like someone's written a policy and forgotten to tell people what they changed. And then it's just gone out and like, yes, coaches, managers, whatever are supposed to go through it, but it doesn't seem like anyone really has um, <laughs> properly uh, or maybe that it says prior, but we didn't really take it seriously, whatever. I think reaching out to AA or, or like having communication from AA in the form of that email would have put Gavin and Abby's mind at ease considering yeah. they had basically confirmation there from from three to four AA um, representatives mm. but yeah the, 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 I, I often it's, it's a tough position like having an event or, a, or a, a distance coach at AA with their own 
group of athletes um it's happened like i think it it's happened in the past as well where um we've seen them use that to their advantage for their own athletes um and it's it's a it's a conflict of interest i i i don't think anyone could argue against that yeah it's like it definitely doesn't look good even if there's nothing you know happening behind the scenes um which i don't know what you boys think then when it comes to select discretion like you could almost argue that the fact that abby was led to believe by aa that she would be automatic if she got the time which is what she went and did she's then been disadvantaged finding out later on that she basically had to be ranked in the top three you know like what more could she do? She's pretty much done everything that she thought AA had told her to do and then still doesn't sort of get picked. Um, like if there's ever a case for selectors discretion, because who knows, like if, if she was told after nationals that we're basically probably going to send the top three fastest on times, she's probably not going to rest on that 404 that she ran. No, she'd probably she stay, she, she, she would have stayed over there, especially knowing that, okay, there's Jess and Lyndon who, either have run like you know they've both run like four minutes or under in the in recent times so she'd be over there trying to run as close to four but instead came home to you know to prepare for the championships so then she couldn't go back and race again so but then on the flip side i guess in terms of like aa's point of view at the end of the day they're sending the three fastest girls on paper um which i guess you know is what you want to do um for a major championships. Yeah, but what and about winning races, Croaks? What about, like, yes, times are good when the races are set up and they're Diamond League style, but we're talking about a 20-year-old who mm. beat Lyndon and Georgia at the national championships, which were the trials. Like, she can win a race. Yeah. Yes, she's run four seconds quicker. We know that 1500s are always different pace. Like, you watch a Diamond League, one week they'll run 329, and the men's they'll run 336 a week after. Like... Yeah. I don't know. Using, I value, you, I value if, winning races. Yeah. If I was a selector, I'd be sitting there going, hang on, watch this again on YouTube. Yeah, well, if you're using that argument, though, then maybe somebody like Jess Hull shouldn't have been picked at all because she decided not to run the, the trial. Hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? And like, if she wants to double, the trial would be the place to show she no, can no, do that. She's run the time. She yeah, but so, time. Is, so is Abby. And Ab, but, Abby won, but Abby turned up to the trial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Jess only did what, the 5k at the trial. So if, if Brady's if Brady's placing all this importance on racing when it counts and, and having a trial, then you know you got to be there to be selected. I want the US system. That's what I'm going for. Do Whereas because Lynn because both um, so Abby, Lyndon, and Georgia they all ran they all ran the trial. Yeah. Um, because it was what Abby first, and Georgia, 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 Georgia Lyndon, second, yeah, yeah, and yep. Lyndon third. Lyndon, you know, no, you get rid of that crap that weird statement saying prior to and all of a sudden that we're happy hmm. that that's the fuck up here yeah well yeah. i guess it's so not about we'll... four athletes yeah. here it's about the policy and how confusing it was and the email back and forth and and potentially the staff getting confused as well yeah yeah look the the silver lining to all this and there's not a lot but this is a unique year where we have a world championships and a commonwealth games so Normally, it's either just World Championships, Commonwealth Games, or an Olympics. There's not there's not two championships um, per year, and so if Abby had been left off the World Championships team and that was it for the year, like it would be be worse. But she still, you know, gets to run at the Commonwealth Games, which 
you know, is is the silver lining. So why they pick her for the Con Games team if she's not well, in the best three? Right, if you look at the uh, if you look at Gavin's post, he says. I could say more about how AA scrambled to fix this with Band-Aids and maybe some of you are smart enough to figure this out. I mean, in my, in my, I'm reading that as they put her in the com games and says, oh, here you go, have this spot. And announce the team first. We'll put Georgia that, into the eight. Yeah, yeah, that's how I'm seeing that band. That, I'm reading that as a, the Band-Aid solution, but hey, that's... that's we did ask him to come on the show enough. as well and he, um, he politely declined, but happy to in the future, maybe after the Commonwealth Games. It's also a unique situation where I think down the track, the policies might have to change even a little bit more because um, as a country now, we are getting so competitive. Like this never used to really be an issue. Like it was very rare that you'd have, you know, we'd be stoked normally if we if we had one or two. Yeah, the three picked the three fastest in history. Yeah, like if we had one or two people qualify for a distance event at like a world championships, like without the quota system, like we're doing pretty well. Whereas now you look at most events, we're doing pretty well. Um, so like, I don't think we could ever bring in the US system, um, but yeah, definitely. Why not? Why couldn't we? Oh. For the track. I get the marathon. We're not going to do a marathon and first three across the line, but why couldn't you for the track? Well, I reckon they'd have to change the time that they run the trials though, because yeah. I think just sometimes it's too, oh, like yeah, you look at the, U- look at the US. The U- US pretty much have their trial, and this is, the disadvantage of being in the southern hemisphere our seasons don't match up couldn't you do so, it in brisbane or something this time of the year yeah you could and i remember when i was working at swimming australia that was one of the things that they were bringing in just as i was leaving was to try and you know because they got you know same thing um australian swimming championships were always like you know start of the year but the major championships are middle of the year so they would have a nationals and then they'd have like the actual trials um closer to the the major championship but anyway, it's a yeah, it was a crap situation. Like as I said, oh. the positives are that Abby gets to run, but also like how how good are our you know fifteen hundred meter women's stocks at the moment? Yeah, and then to lead um, on to that, Abby went and ran an eight hundred meters yesterday and ran a three and a half second PB, winning um, the sound running. I think it was category two eight hundred. She ran two zero zero point zero three. Um, to put her eighth all-time in the Australian Australian ranking list, won so, that race um, by like two and a half seconds. Yeah, as well. Smoked everyone. How's that for a statement, though? Like, mm-hmm. I love that. Like, imagine see, how much stress she's been under this week. Did you see those Let's Run forums? Like, yeah. the Americans are laughing at us. Like, how are they leaving this person off? But it's not. It's nothing new. Like selections, and you know, like Sean. Um, yeah, he's Sean... one of the, one of the five on the committee. Sean, isn't he? Yeah, but Sean like was pretty rough to miss out on the the '92 Olympics. Um, I don't I don't remember all of the circumstances, but I know he was pretty hard done by. But if anything, it, it fueled the fire, and then he ran at the next two Olympics. So um, sometimes missing out can sort of make you stronger. Is it just um, but, a vote? Is that how they do it? The five of them on the committee? Yeah, I don't know how it works. I don't know like whether AA. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess they look at who's qualified and, they, you know, obviously looking at the, the selection policy and making sure that it all sort of matches up. Um, yeah, I don't, I there's don't, actually, don't really There's know. actually six of them. Yeah. Mm. Ask you, mate, Sean, next time you're drinking wine with him, Croaks. Yeah, I will. So, anything else to cover there? Do you reckon we covered all that? It was, uh, we've made a simple, you know, potentially a simple situation, very messy, Athletics Australia have. And then their statement was very, um, very uh, 
I'll read it here. We, where is it? I've got it down here somewhere. They kind of apologised for the miscommunication that occurred between oh, an athlete it? and an AA staff member regarding automatic selection. However, this was rectified by AA's chair of selectors, the only person authorised to speak on selection matters. To avoid this happening again, we are now looking at improving methods of communication moving forward to ensure the correct information is broadcast as soon as the policy is published. So that's good. Then they went on to say, Athletics Australia acknowledges that there have been significant commentary on social media in recent days, some of which breaches Athletics Australia's code of conduct. AA will not be publishing any material on social media in order to respect the rights and opinions of the Australian athletics community. So yeah, pretty pretty shitty. It wasn't really an apology. They're saying, "Oh, we fucked up a bit," but you guys called us out too hard, so we're a bit upset about it. Sorry, um, I left the top line off as well. Despite the pros, this process, we acknowledge that the policy was not well understood, which brought the integrity of Athletics Australia into question, and we deeply apologise for this. Important, I put that on there. Yeah, it's still yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Move on. Good chat. Uh, actually, there was no Millie Clark in the marathon, so I'm not sure what's going on there. I'll ask Welshy. I'll see what, what he knows. Probably should have done that before we started recording. Who's the best medal chances, fellas, before we move on from that team? Women's 1500, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, she's in shape, isn't she, Jess Hull? Just ran the Australian record, which we'll get on to. Got to be up there. Cat Bissett. Uh, Cat Bissett, I reckon, is a chance to make the final, and then you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, you got Peter Bowl sitting there. Yeah. Peter Bowl. Probably two in the men's 1,500. Yeah, Ollie Hoare and Stewie. Haven't seen Stewie in a 15 for a while, though, have we? Yeah, so Stewie would go in probably like a little bit of an underdog compared to Ollie um, over the 15, just given the season he's had. But, he, um, you know, that 3K around the other week certainly puts him in the picture. Certainly does. It's going to be good to watch. It's on SBS as of um, this Friday, I think it is. It starts. Really? Yeah, it's on SBS on demand. So I reckon as long as you have the app on your iPad or your TV or whatever it is, you can just watch it all live, which would be good. And yeah, this coming Friday, the 24th, the marathon's on the 17th. Sorry, I've murdered that. This coming Friday wouldn't be the 24th, it'd be the 14th. And then the marathon's on the 17th. Um, Wait, so when's it start? Come on. Uh, World Athletics Champs, Friday, I'm going to say beginning July 16th, SBS On Demand will stream all 10 days live. That makes sense to you? Okay, Friday the 16th. Yeah, that's good. What's next, Croaks? Any more running news? Kip Chogi's going to Berlin, did you see this? Yes, uh, on our group chat, you weren't real happy about this, were you? I wasn't happy at all. I'm sick of seeing him going to Berlin. It's just the same old stuff. Go to New York, go to Boston, run some hills, man. Have his, have his positive pacemakers till 30k and then yeah, he'll unleash that's just a script he follows doesn't it like no one can keep up with him for 30k because the pace is so hot and then he'll kick it home he might run the world record but which would be exciting i wouldn't be complaining then because at least that's something but yeah i would have liked to see him in new york do you reckon it's just a money thing they can't afford him or what happens oh. here moose you're a big time marathon man but they i, I remember, remember we caught up with dave monty that time yeah. Uh, in Berlin, and he was saying, Mo Farah wants a million bucks to run New York, and we can, we're not going to pay it. Um, so that that was when Mo Farah was, hadn't run the marathon yet, I don't think. 
And did he, he really was, say that to us that day? Yeah, he said that. Okay. I'm, I'm sure we can say it now without a problem. But he said, "We look. He wants a million to show up." And they, like they said, New York won't do that. No, New York won't really bow to that sort of thing. And so maybe that's what's going on. Okay. Because he, he's been open. Like, he won Tokyo, and he's like, I want to win all marathon majors. We might he's, just have to take a pay cut. He's not getting any younger. No, no, like, but he's get, he hasn't been beaten, like, for a while. I know, but if he doesn't do it this November, that, he's got to do it next November. So maybe he does Berlin this September, Boston next April, New York next November to tick him all off. Shame, um, shame, Bakili's not going to be at Berlin. That would I'd like to see that. Like he's a doing fit, London. A fit, yeah, a fit Bakili versus Kipchoge would be good. Can we stop talking about Bakili? <laughs> Every single time he puts his name down, we're like, oh yeah, well he can do anything he wants. This bloke, <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> this bloke is cooked. He signs up to a marathon every twice a year and doesn't make any of them, let alone finish them. So this October, September, though, because London's still in that time period, and you've got, yeah, New York, November, Berlin, September. So that's pretty... And Chicago, October. Chicago's going to have the weakest field out of all of them, I think. Don't have the cash to throw around. Maybe the ladies. Where's G'day going? She's going to Valencia with me, December. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So, Valencia yeah. is a player now, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yep. Um, AV Realize Moose, Glenn Huntley got the win in the women's. Yeah. Still unbeatable, unbeaten, five from five on the Glenn Huntley ladies, 151.05. South Melbourne second, 155.51. Essendon third, 156.15. reckon that's the first time Essendon's been on the podium this year. Madeline Murray, fastest leg of the day, 20.54. Madison King was second on Glenn Huntley, 21.23. Gabrielle Vincent from South Melbourne was third, 21-44. So once again, no Glenn Huntley in the top three, but they win the race. Second, Madison King. Oh, sorry, Glenn Huntley, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Madison. I didn't catch much of this moose because I was warming up, racing, cooling down. Did you see you any of it? You just read it out. <laughs> I know, but did you catch any of it? Did you see any action? Were they winning the whole race? I, pa- I reckon I went past the girls at one point, or maybe not. Maybe I went past like the Div 2 girls. Um so, no, Geelong don't have a Div 1 team. We have the under-20 girls who are basically unbeaten. They are freaks, those three. So they go up, rock up every week, win by a ton. Um, individually, uh, Sky, Alice, been winning as well. So Why don't you run them like, up in the, the women's division? What is Div 2? Well, we don't have a team. So I don't you know. don't even feel a women's team. I don't think we've had a women. Oh no, we've had a women's maybe over forty, but we haven't had a women an Jeez. open. What's going run. on down there, Brad? You can't field a women's team. No, I don't know. Oh, Jeez, boys, boys club down boys there. Boys club moves. down there. Hey? Yeah, well, that's what I like. I, they all left once I left. <laughs> when you arrived. No, no, when I left. <laughs> you scare them away, Moose. I thought, oh, this bloke's not showing up anymore. Why would we bother? Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going through all the divisions. You don't have a women's team. I've just told you we didn't. I know. I thought you were. I thought you were just. You just missed some knowledge or something in there. Well, we might one day, but at the moment, like what we need is, um, we have women that run in Geelong, like Surf Coast. Half the group's women. You need Pashley just, back. Need, yeah, that's it, Ellie. Ellie. Ellie will round up the troops. Spiritual leader. Mm. You know, she's not the greatest leader though. Go and raid all the netball clubs. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just poach a few, <laughs> poach the centres from each netball club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, that, we're not not great in the ladies, but under twenty, that shows promise. That's good. Uh, well done to Glenn Huntley, five in a row. It's pretty dominant. Men's race, uh, Box Hill. They won in one hour, 53.45. Benny O'Bats second, 154.18. St. Stephen's Harriers third, 154.41. Andre Waring, fastest league of the day, 17.48. Logan Janetsky from Glenn Huntley second, 18.09. Reese Edwards and Toby Mende from St. Stephen's and Geelong shared third fastest with 18.13. Bats got out to an early lead, Croaks, but then Andre, the giant no, wearing, didn't. pulled no, us in. No, they did not. Oh, sorry, not after leg one. After like, leg... You were, I don't know what you were in, but you weren't in first or second after leg one. We're in third. They had, they had a stop, they had 18, a big, 15. Big, big lead by start of leg six, though. Big, yeah, one after, big one after I finished up, I reckon. That was when it got to the biggest. Got out Good, in about like, two minutes. That's a great run from Andre, though. To like oh. hit that hit that split when it counts is is impressive. Well, he, well, he ran twenty one seconds and anyone there on the day. Mm. Yeah, he um, yeah, that was so impressive. What pace is that? What pace did he run? Ooh, I don't know. Well, he's broken eighteen for six point two k. I'll look him up on Strava. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was, it was great to see Brad. Um, Box Hill come home strong. Mm, yeah. There was there was there was only one bloke happier than me to see that happen, and his na- <laughs> and his name's Jamie Cook, and he ran in Division Four for Bendigo after getting shafted from the Div One team, and boy was he up and about. Yeah, didn't first, uh, so first and second K pace from Andre. Didn't boy. um didn't you have two guys in your Div Four team run faster than two of the guys in your Div One Brady? Yeah, we spoke about this before, didn't we, Croaks? Like, it's hard to get the teams right. The selectors have a big job. I'm not a selector. I'm just going to put that out there. People were hitting me up. I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm not a selector. I'm just a fringe athlete trying to uh, go as best I can for the bats. But um, I'm sure they'll bring it up on Bat Chat this week, how they pull the teams and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. I heard, we Buchanan, were, I heard Buchanan's on the first plane home. We were very happy with second considering our outs. No, you weren't. And the guys you had a massive coming. lead going into the last leg. You weren't happy to get beaten. Moose, you've got to remember, this is a, a young team in their first year of Premier Division. Like, we were, we thought, you know, a lot of people were talking that we wouldn't survive our first year. We'll get relegated first up. So to think a bad result is a silver medal at, at Sandown Relays. We're, we're over the moon with a performance Could have been like a that. gold. Could have been a gold. If you just respected some of your other teammates a little bit more, not me. I don't. I no comments about selections, but um, yeah. It's, no, do you what, know what I found? What out? I will say no, no, is not. I have a lot of faith in our selection committee, <laughs> and I think it's a it's a good clubman. Um, it builds a good culture if you respect the sele- the selectors, and that's what we want to do. At the Benigo Bats have a really strong culture like that, which uh, one of the, success. One of the bats actually alerted me that there is the potential to to transfer clubs mid season. Moose just stir shit down there, Croaks. Like, you just be like, this is a guy running in Div 5, like, just trying to stir shit amongst all the Premier Division teams. So Talking about transfers there and feels stuff like that. disrespected by the rest of their team, undervalued, 223 man, got shafted down to uh, Div 5. That's still up by 12 Croaks on the ladder. Yeah, but that's, five that's rounds it. How in. many, how, yeah, what do you got, five rounds to go? Yeah. So you could basically finish, you could finish second every round and you'd still win. Box Hill win every round from here on in, and we finish Boy, second. We still boys. win. Yeah, let's get Box Hill going, Croaks. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we can get some guys signing up this week. 
I'll pay a few memberships. I don't know. Like I've got a soft spot for the bats. I did run for them once, and uh, it's good to I don't know. It's good to see the culture that they've um, they've built there. They just they just weathering the storm until the but big dogs get getting, back. They were getting a little bit ahead of themselves though with some of the Instagram posts. Oh, mate, the four oh, fingers yeah. going up. That that's created like. Did you, you see know, what that kid ran on the weekend? Real did Nick Curios style stuff. Did you see what he ran, Harrison Boyd, the four finger no, boy? Didn't. Didn't no. see. He came out eighteen and seventeen year old kid. He ran eighteen fifty five. Yeah, you know five k PB. They'll talk about it on bat chat. Let's not get into details now. Wasn't there gonna... a seventeen year old that won the first leg? Hmm. Um, eighteen, I think. Logan, yeah, 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 Logan. He ran twenty nine fifteen at Lonnie with me that day. Yeah, that's. I mean, bloody hell, he's run what eighteen oh nine. He's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good run. He won. Um, no, he didn't win that Zadapec 3K. He was in that pack, though. Yeah. Anyway, let's get on the shoe review, fellas. Thanks to Mizuno. No, we missed. Oh, we what missed, did we miss? Um, miss Jess, Jess Hull. Hull. Jess Hull. She has become the fastest ever Australian woman to run a mile following a performance in the United States last Sunday. 25-year-old clocked a time of 4.19.8, topping the existing outdoor record held by Australian Lyndon Hall, which was 4.21.3. She did that in 2021. Including her indoor records, she now holds seven Australian national records, which is pretty impressive, boys. She's going to own those record books shortly. She already does. Good sign yeah. going into World Champs and Com Games. They pay. They set it up. Her training partner set it up for her, didn't they? Let her through. They yep. had a lap or, or something more each. Ladies. Yeah. Ladies. Yep. yep. I think Coco was doing a lap, and the um, is it Sinclair, the one who won? Yeah, did she Sinclair win Johnson. US trials? Yeah, she did. Yep. yep, she's on the US team. Yeah, yep. I think she um she took her took her to eight hundred or a k, and Jess finished it off. That's good cool. signs, as you said, leading into the trials. All right, we're done. News. Yep. There's, there's so many words in this document tonight. It is very hard to keep track. I think there was three thousand words in this document tonight. So there's a bit going on. Statements, press releases, the whole thing. Uh, thanks to Mizuno for sponsoring this episode with their all-new Wave Horizon 6 built for the long run. The Wave Horizon 6 uses Mizuno Energy Core, which is Mizuno's softest and most responsive foam ever, to provide the ultimate floating feeling. Combine that with Mizuno's foam wave technology and the Wave Horizon 6 will be there to support you every step of the way. So thanks to Mizuno for sending us some shoes. Um, start us off, Moose. You're the shoe man. Where does this shoe fit? First time we've seen some Horizons, haven't? Isn't it? We never reviewed a Horizon before. No, I never had. We had the Wave Rider. We had the Wave Wave Rider and the um uh, the uh, Wave Sky. That's right. Five. Yeah. And we had the Rider Twenty Five. So the Horizon. Well, it's it's their it's their offering in the new school of the stability category so this shoe doesn't have the traditional medial posts that we've seen from shoes historically that we call support shoes this shoe will compare or sits um, in the same sort of category as a nike structure 24 an asics kiana light 2 um, sits in a similar area to um well yeah those those are probably the two most most similar shoes to this one, where we get a support or a, a I guess a, a degree of resistance on the medial side of the shoe 
without putting a, a medial post in or a firm density. So we get a support shoe through a certain geometry of the midsole. Um, and so the way that the horizon does it, um, like different to their, they've got another support shoe in their range called the Mizuno Inspire. And that shoe gets its or offers support through a, like a, a stronger plastic plate that sits underneath the arch area um, on the medial side to, I guess it resists compression of the foam there. And so you get, um, I guess you get some degree of stability from that. Um, whereas the Horizon does it through, well, two main features well, three main features. They, they, it has a wider platform. So underneath the foot, I'm not sure if you boys realize, but it has a pretty wide platform mm, compared to... Firstly, I noticed actually sky. when I put it on. Yeah, so compared to the sky, it's wider. Um, it's like two mil, three mil wider. But at the heel, it's actually um, a little wider than at the forefoot. So for someone who's landing more through the rear foot, then you've got a little bit more of a flaring back there. Um, on the medial side, you can see that they, they, they wrap up the... Um, the outer sole material like the rubber and they incorporate that on the medial side of the shoe and so that gives that strength to the medial side that the sky doesn't have which is its sort of neutral counterpart um, and the third thing is that the wave uh well they call it like a, a foam wave now they used to be plastic they used to call it a wave plate but now it's a plastic i mean now it's a foam wave shape through the shoe on the medial side it's uh like it's shaped differently and it uses the euphorics which is um i guess a, a firmer foam where and then on the lateral side it's more of the energy core which is the the red stuff that in the sky if you turn it over here and you push through the red section you can see a little opening where it exposes it it's a super soft foam um stat wise it's a pretty ridiculous stat to be honest but the um like the energy return in Mizuno Energy Core, which is sort of the the mid layer of foam here, or the drop in foam, is um, it's like two hundred and ninety three percent, which is ridiculous. Softer than the um, Energy. Oh no, sorry, versus Forex, which is another foam they got, and fifty fifty six percent more energy return. So we like numbers, don't we? Especially when they're giving it to us on a platter, but the, the, like I guess let's get rid of the the jargon because I hate jargon. I like shoes to be described uh, in terms of realistic feels. So this shoe here is designed to to be for someone who needs a little bit extra support but still wants to be in a soft platform. So historically, support shoes have always been hard. Um, extra dense, stiff type feeling shoes. This one here is designed a little bit with the run, like the I guess someone who wants to feel a little poppier, but still have a little bit of integrity on the medial side. So it's an eight mil drop versus a lot of other Mizuno shoes at twelve mil. So the eight mil drop sort of might encourage someone to I guess land a little bit further forward on their foot. Um, won't feel as clunky through the rear foot, even though it is a bit broader. It won't feel like you're as elevated through the rear foot. Um, yeah, it's still a relatively heavy shoe, but that's what you get. This isn't a racing shoe. It's not a tempo shoe. It's a it's a shoe to to put on, feel safe in, go longer in. 320 grams, which is on the higher side, but a lot of that would be outer sole, and outer sole is what touches the ground. So mm -hmm. it's sort of bucking the trend of 
small amounts of rubber which wear out quickly. This thing here has got a good outsole on it. It's going to last you a long time. That protection, yeah. Krogs, any thoughts that, on it? Yeah, that's the one thing that I've always loved about the Mizuno shoes, Moose, is like they're workhorses in terms of like mm -hmm. the amount of mileage I got through both the Wave Rider and the, the Wave Sky 5. You know, I, I put in at least 700 Ks into both of those shoes. Um, for me, this one will sit when my tip post does get a little bit angry um just you know that wider platform as you said just gives me that little bit more stability there um and the upper the upper's really really nice i don't know how like i don't have the the shoe terminology to but it's like a what is it like it's some sort of yeah i'm touching it knit. now how like do you, sort how of, do you describe like that moose is there like a, a stretch word? a stretch a stretchy knit it's called stretch woven and mm. it reminded me, Moose, when I put it on. The first thing I thought was like, oh, this this fits different. And it reminded me of the old um, Nike fly knit. Remember that? Like, um, what were those ones called? They had Mo Farah in the TV ad, like all their pros jogging along in it. You know the one I'm talking about? The fly, oh, the Epic. Uh, ah, the one before the Epic. The epic. Yeah, like, um, yeah. Anyway. The Luna, the Luna fly knit. Yeah, 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 that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, that feels... It's not like that plasticky kind of outer. It's a yeah, the knit kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's stretch woven, so it's um, it is very like if you look at how it stretches, it, it will stretch with the foot a lot better. Um, they had some like the last version of this, and even in the the sky, they've they've had some issues with the shoe with the upper being a little too rigid. Whereas this one here, and the new Sky gets this upper as well, it really gives with the foot. So if you've got an area of your foot that's sort of like got, got a bit of pressure on it, this type of upper will conform to the shape of your foot a lot better. Mm. And people who wear Mizunos a lot, the first thing they'll notice is the difference in the softness. Like this is a lot softer than the Wave Rider. Yeah, it's that energy core. The Wave Rider doesn't have that right now. The Sky and the Horizon have it. Um, they, they, they polarize their shoes well. So this is like a softer shoe for but, sure. But I wouldn't put it in the same category as like a Nike Invincible softness. No, the whole midsole is not made out of the soft stuff. So it's like a, there's a carrier foam here. Like okay. what surrounds it, that um, energy, that other foam that they have is, is the ca carrier foam. And this is like a drop-in that sits sort of in the middle of the shoe and that's the energy core and that's the real soft stuff. And if they made the whole shoe out of that, it just wouldn't be stable enough. So they have to use higher density foams around it to give the shoe integrity. Gotcha. Beautiful. Thanks to Mizuno for sending us some shoes. Good work, Moose, with all those stats oh. there. I don't know how yeah. we do their shoe reviews about him, Crooks. I felt, Moose, did you have anything in front of you then or was it just straight off the top of your head? We just got this shoe in store. So yeah, it's a, what's it like retail you, for, Moose? What's it retail? Yeah. Two sixty. Oh yeah. I was giving yeah. a compliment, Moose. It was really impressive. Yeah. Like it was yeah. He tries I to go, yeah. I didn't I didn't sound it didn't sound like you were reading off anything, but it was just like, man, this guy knows his stuff. Does he have any notes in front of him? We got um we got us we gotta be able to go out to a customer and and reel this shit off. And not like reel it off as if we memorized it, but if someone goes, Oh, how much is this way? It weighs three twenty. Or, um, well, I like. Does that matter for a no, training shoe like this? People shouldn't be getting caught up with that, should they? The only bloke it matters to is Tom McCanto. He's the only bloke who cares about weight in training shoes. 
it's how they feel on your foot. Mm. That's the important thing. So a lot of the time now, if someone asks how is this, which one's the lighter shoe, and they've got two shoes in front of them, I'll say, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't actually want to tell them. I want to hear. I want them to put the shoes on, go for a run, tell me which one feels lighter, because that's the only relevant factor there. Gotcha. Good work. That's why you're on the show, skills like that. Listen to question. This is for you too, Moose. Just do that top one, Croaks. Do the top one, yeah. Yeah, All right. run out of time. So, yeah, this comes in from Ben. Why do these companies do ads that don't make sense and use people that don't run for their ads? That shoe is not going to be used for jumping off stairs and running up stairs and, <laughs> and rail turning sharp around industrial estates. Yeah, yeah Moose. Good. When you see <laughs> shoes advertised. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is a massive, massive um, pet peeve of mine. I I hate seeing ads with just obvious models that don't run, trying to run in them. Um, And a lot of the time it's because the marketing side of the brand goes through agencies and they'll they'll outsource like the the ad to an agency and and the agency has doesn't have a runner who works on their on their on their staff and so they have actually no idea what they're doing and so they've got like an i like they've got in their own head they've got an idea of what a running like a, a running pose looks like or whatever and that's what they roll with whereas there's absolutely no sort of influence from a runner on the um <laughs> on the photo or the the scene but then moose aren't there like people like there's obviously then a massive disconnect because surely there's people that people that work for say Mizuno, like some of them would be runners and then they obviously, you know, um, give the agency the, the money to do the ad. But like Mizuno then, like the runners that work at Mizuno, aren't, isn't there somebody there that say, hey, that's like a really poor representation of our shoe? Yeah, so actually Chris Grundy, he's a patron of ours, I think, and he... Um... And he works for Mizuno in the marketing section. So I'm not like I don't I don't even know whether Mizuno use marketing, but I know some of the brands do. Um, oh, I mean, use agencies. Oh, and, and also, I should say I'm not saying that Mizuno are the ones that do this, but I'm just just using the example of like any any shoe company that you know surely they'd be I disappointed. I can tell you right now, yeah, like they like you see the ads for them on in um, magazines like Runners World, the classic. Like, how many times have you flicked through a, like a magazine and gone? That's a ridiculous photo. And now I don't know. Ninety percent of that magazine is like that. Yeah, but imagine, imagine if you're the imagine if you're the guy working at the shoe company making these like really passionate about making shoes for runners, and then you you open up the magazine and you see what the marketing company has like you know the agency has have have done for you. You would be (laughs) astounded at the disconnect and lack of communication between a the product team. B, the sales team, and C, the marketing team. They all have their own, like, briefs, and they, some, like, I've seen some absolute total disconnects where the mark, where the product team's made a product that's designed to go in a certain category. The sales team have butched it, sold it to the wrong category, and the marketing team have no idea what the shoe is, so they go off and do it on the, do whatever they want to do. 
it, it's crazy, especially the bigger the company, the worse it gets. But this is a great opportunity to give kudos out to some brands. So I don't know whether you've noticed recently, but New Balance are using a lot of their own athletes, especially domestic yeah. athletes, in their marketing campaigns. Because that's a so payday I'm, and a potential payday for them too, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, yeah. I'm not sure exactly. I remember so, Kyle Merbel because he was with New Balance, wasn't he? He was no, saying he was Hocker. Hocker. Was he New Balance before that? Anyway, sure. doesn't matter who he was with, but he was kind of saying that whoever he was with, he got the opportunity to do the promos for the shoes, and he got paid like fourteen thousand bucks or something. And he's like, that would have been fourteen thousand dollars going towards a model and mm. leaving our sport. Like, yeah. Whereas yeah. this is another way to help the athletes who usually don't get huge contracts unless they're the very best in the world as it is. Mm. Not, I'm not. Yeah, that makes sense, but I'm not sure as to the domestic stuff here as to how accurate that is. But the um, if even if you have a look at Nike now, Jakob, we shared it on our running company Geelong page. Jakob in Ingebrigtsen advertising the new Nike Invincible. Um, I thought that was really cool because it helps build the profile of the sport to use those ads too. But the best ad I've ever seen was an ASICS ad and it had um, Cam Levins. I think he had just signed with ASICS at the time. Oh, it wasn't Cam Levins. Diego Estrada. Um, he'd signed with ASICS out of college and he just like he basically talked about why he loved this shoe and it was the most honest shit I've ever heard in my life. He didn't try to market it. He didn't beat around the bush. He said, I really like this shoe, the Asics Joe Nimbus, because it's got heaps of cushion. And I run a lot, and I'm running on concrete. And in the afternoons, I just want a really soft shoe to go running in. And I'm like, that is gold. Like, do you know how well talking about my own experience in shoes in the store goes, like in terms of um, uh, giving people confidence that the shoe is going to do what they want it to? Yep. I'm like, what? this is perfect. Asics have never made an ad as good as that one. I'm sure we'll find it on YouTube or something if you Googled um, Diego Estrada ASICS ad. But that was the best ad I've ever seen, and it used one of their athletes, talking about his own experience. Mm, it's a way to do it. Good work. Good answer to that question. Got, got you a bit worked out, which is good. Can it keep you worked out now for Moose on the Loose? Got something? Purchase of the week? Uh, yeah. Uh, what do I, I, I've got a new hobby coming up, and... I'm not sure, like, I'm going to wait until it happens first, but I've been preparing for, for it. So I'm going to, Is I it going to cost you money? Yeah, it's already cost me money. Um, sounds, like it, sounds like you're going to get heckled? No, I, maybe. But you, sound, you sound like you're a bit embarrassed to admit what, it's, what it is. I'm not embarrassed. I just can't commit to it right now because it has, because there's a chance that it won't happen, like, in the time frame I'm saying it will. Just tell so, us what it is. We don't need to this on. Lawn bowls. Better for your knees. I've got a um, I've got a puppy on the way. Oh yeah. And it, it's a um, so I've actually had it. I've been on a wait list. I'm getting a a, a German Shepherd, and it's from a, a working line, so it's got a high drive, and I'm going to get into like I really want to get into dog training. So you know we've talked about I had a crack with Cedric. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> I mean just had a bit of a practice. Um, but when I get this puppy, it's like I'm all in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually have to get real. So every night I watch like an hour and a half of YouTube videos on how to train dogs, and um, I'm getting all the necessary gear 
ready to go. So I'm getting nervous, actually. Until Moose starts getting competitive in AV races again, and then <laughs> then he's like, oh, here you go, Brew. I'm going to go for a second run. I was just thinking, wouldn't it be nice to have that kind of time croaks to just start new <laughs> hobbies, watch YouTube videos about how to train dogs? Yeah. I don't watch TV. It must be so nice. I don't nice. watch TV. So nice. Uh, but uh, if, if you've got any – if anyone's got any tips, because these, these dogs, they're not just like fucking Russell, Brad. <laughs> two foot off the floor who loves to sleep all day Russell had an injury too didn't he croaks while you were away uh, yeah no it's all good I think we thought he'd hurt his eye but no he seems okay yeah <laughs> Russell's a good dog I like Russell <laughs> but uh, yeah this, this, anyway we'll see how we go let's wrap this up what's coming up the World Athletics Champs we've already spoken about those another thing that's coming up boys you might have seen this on social media over the last couple of days is the 2022 Run New South Wales Sydney Half Marathon. Um, did you see this, Croaks? They've got the course certified. There's a lot of discussion about the Sydney 10 course not being certified. I love that now they've gone out and got this course certified. It's going to be a certified half marathon in Sydney at um, Sydney Olympic Park there. Also a 7K fun run and a family 2K fun run. Um, perfect for all ages, abilities and backgrounds and open to all to enter. You don't need to be a member of like Athletics New South Wales or anything like that to do these races. Mm-hmm. You can do it. It's on Sunday, September the 4th, nestled nicely in between City to Surf and the Blackmore's Sydney Running Festival. Um, Natalie Wong, who's the photographer behind Beyond the Road. You would have seen a lot of her photos last week up at the Gold Coast, fellas. Yeah. Great photographer. She's going to be there taking photos. So will Ryan Jones, another photographer. Um, the boys are telling me up there it's one of the flattest courses in the country with three by 7K loops. The official charity partner is going to be the Love Mercy Foundation. Uh, if you're familiar, familiar with Alway's Wellings work, that will ring a bell to you. And they're looking to raise $3,000 to repair 12 wells in Uganda to provide fresh drinking water to dozens of families. And as an Inside Running Podcast listener, you can get a discounted entry if you use the code at checkout, IRP Sydney Half. I'll put that in the show notes. Entries are pretty cheap, $69, but that will get it down to $62.10 for you. Would have been stoked to see this, wouldn't you, fellas? Good move yes. from them. Mate, love this. You know... We aren't going to be on there questioning course distances anymore or legitimacy. This is great from the boys. They, I reckon they've – I love that they've listened – well, not just the boys. Sorry, you deal with the boys, but I'm sure there's a board that decides on this. Um, the uh, They've listened to the feedback, I reckon, and they've gone, yep, let's get more professional. Let's get it legit. Let's stop people – have. we want to get our times up on World Athletics. Um I, I like it. I, I was stoked to see it. I gave him a like on Facebook when I saw it pop up. So it's the one thing that I've always been impressed with, like in recent times with Athletics New South Wales, is that you feel like, you know, James and the team up there do take on runners' feedback and they're there for the runners. They actually just want to, you know, want the runners to have the best experience possible. Um, and obviously this helps by having certified courses and, um, you know, they're, they're always open to suggestions on how things can how things can improve. Um, and I think he sort of James wanted to make mention that um, you know people that run like that put on events, you know, getting courses certified is actually not that expensive in in the scheme of things. So 
um, yeah, maybe reach out. So the man in Australia is Dave Cundy. Um, yeah, he's, he's the man that's behind a lot of the course certification. Yeah, they're looking to get it done for Sydney 10 next year as well. So that'd be good. Yeah. I think this puts um, Athletics Victoria on notice too, Moose, that uh, they should do the same for the Burnley Half Marathon and the Albert Park 10K that we run down here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be it would be ideal considering that you've got a lot of um, runners who care about their PBs and and care about getting their their race recognised. Um, mm. I mean, it does add to the cost, obviously. But like James has said, you do this once. How long's Burnley mm. been going for? Oh, like years. years and years. And Albert Park, you do this once, don't have to do it again. And so you're sweet. It's an investment in the race, and it adds legitimacy. Yeah. Yep. A few high-profile names already committed. Ed Goddard, Aidan Hobbs, Jordan Guzman, Marnie Ponton, Rosie Weber. So, um, yeah, all abilities, same day. What was that date again? Tell it again, folks. Fourth, fourth September. Just when the weather's turning good and footy finals are just kicking off, that would be a good time for a half marathon, I reckon. Anyway, boys, we're done. What are you doing other than watching the World Champs in between now and next week? Mm, not much for me. I'm still on school holidays, so just trying to um, <clears throat> trying to get better. Oh, yeah, you rest up. Moose, what are you doing? No, this is a normal week for me. Normal week. YouTube, plenty of YouTube videos on dogs. I'm thinking about signing up to an online trainer. <laughs> you know, online dog trainer. Yeah. You laugh yeah. at that, but I actually am. They do those, do they? Yeah, apparently. We're all involved in the running online coaching space, but you reckon there's like, you know, dog to PB out there as well. I listen listen to dog podcasts. You don't, do you? Absolutely do. Canine conversations. That's one of them. Yes, yes, you you are going to get heckled. I'll learn something about this bloke every week, Croaks. Every week. Uh, You just watch. You just watch. What is... what's Bree's reaction been? Uh, Does she have any say? Yeah. No, she was unhappy about her lack of input into this. Um, <laughs> yeah, not happy. But, hey, I need a hobby. I need a hobby. All right, boys. We'll do it all again next week. Thanks for listeners, leg- listening legends out there. Thanks for giving us uh, yeah, an hour and 45 minutes of your uh, attention. See you, boys. See you, guys. See ya. This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast was sponsored by Mizuno. Be sure to check out their all-new long-run shoe from Mizuno, the Wave Horizon 6 at mizuno.com.au or you can find them in selected stores.